All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Cree and Yoohoo, welcome to the Cree Yoohoo podcast. My name is Andrew. We're talking about the episode The Curse. Uh, my apologies if you can hear the uh, dishwasher going in the background there. <laughs> hey, I'm, um, I'm running out of time. The coronavirus series is about to come to an end. Um, so I've got a few episodes to record today, and um, recorded today they must be, dishwasher or no dishwasher. So, The Curse. Oh my gosh, it's this one with Daniel Jackson's sexy archaeologist girlfriend that he left behind and that whole backstory. It's um, <clears throat> written by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully. And directed by Andy Makita, which is his second episode. He also he started off with uh, Foothold was his first one, but then again, you know I always think of Andy Makita as uh, <laughs> uh, a basic kind of <laughs> director. Maybe I'm damning with faint praise there, but uh, his directing is always completely and totally adequate and satisfactory. And I don't necessarily remember any of it, or am super impressed by it, I've got to say. So, um, then again, you, he's, his footage that he directs is in every single episode, because he's the second unit guy. So it's, um, it's kind of like, a, you know, he's in there all the time. But, um, but anyway, this episode, The Curse, The Curse, it's, um, it's a total throwback, and the episode opens with, um, just Egypt stuff. It's a total throwback to the beginning, the origins, you know. Hey, remember how Daniel Jackson studies Egypt stuff? Well, this is an Egypt episode. <laughs> so the episode starts um, not with our SG-1 team, but with two other people, strangers. Professor Redshirt and Assistant Professor Redshirt. <laughs> These guys are going to die because they're in the opening credits. You know that. Um, so they're talking about this mummified heart and some theory that's going to be proven right and whatnot. The first point comes with a front gate stock footage, guys. Daniel Jackson walks in and sees uh, Jack O'Neill is reading that that uh, quack magazine, you know, conspiracy theories, tabloids. It's uh, Teal's new favorite reading pastime. Um, turns out that uh, Professor Redshirt has been killed by the curse of the pharaoh. Bum, bum, bum. Sort of. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, one point because that's the headline. This guy, Professor, he's a red shirt, he's dead in the lab explosion. So there's um, obviously the, uh, the funeral, and believe me, I am scanning the faces in that crowd for some director and writer cameos, but I don't spot any. But uh, Daniel Jackson turns up and seems to not quite be welcome. I bet there's a lot of interesting story to follow behind that one, eh? Um, the Stephen guy. 
Steven from Cable Guy. Steven is um, the master of ceremonies, and he's really like taking charge of all of the affairs, because that's his role in this little group of people, as he takes care of the affairs that are being affaired over in this area. Daniel Jackson, you left this area. You are no longer involved in the affairs. What are you doing here? And um, his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, I guess, pops into the story. It's Sarah Gardner, Dr. Sarah Gardner, um, and I'm giving it five points, and I'm adding her to the list of beloved guest stars. Um, so five points for her, and just because... I am head over heels, Tweety Birds flying around my head, love hearts in my eyes, <laughs> in love with this woman. <laughs> Swing! Swing! I have such a crush on her, it's unreal, so I'm so glad to see her. Um, I love this episode with her in it, and I'm so freaking heartbroken that she, um... She does get to be in more episodes, but um, that she doesn't hang around more in her normal human form, you know? Not the uh, ghouled-it-up form. Because <laughs> she's awesome when she's a human. And a little less awesome when she's a ghoul, a little bit evil. But uh, that being said, I did, after I watched this episode, uh, make her my laptop wallpaper. <laughs> when she's standing in the hallway, not the hallway, like the entranceway, um right down the stairs at the very end of the, you know, they're in the tomb, and she's crossing her arms and pushes the button and gets ringed out up to her ship. Just there, that cool little image where she's all glowering and evil and backlit and stuff. It's cool. <laughs> she's she's so cute. Anyway, she's a New Zealander. She might be around here right now. Excuse me, I have to go find a phone book. Um, anyway, where have you been, Daniel? The story continues, you know. It's been five years. Last we heard you were uh, <laughs> talking about aliens, and then, and then you disappeared. It's almost like you are abducted. No one seems to be able to put two and two together there, because, of course, aliens is too far-fetched. But, um, you know, the Steven guy is mad, and uh, he leaves, and so he's Daniel's like, so are you free for dinner? And she's like, I'm all yours. Swing! Swing! And Daniel and Sarah have this adorable conversation, just walking under the trees in the sunlight and uh, talking about, you know, Stephen's going to be a bestseller. He's buying a Porsche, Daniel. What have you got? Ow! And just the, the grins and the laughter and the, the intimacy and the chemistry between them is so beautiful. I just want them to schmoosh. <laughs> <laughs> um oh god I love her the 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 big curly golden hair the the freckles <laughs> okay I'm going to stop I'm going to stop moving on um Daniel Jackson turns out he ditched her to go on the mission to Abydos you know so if we'd just gone to the Stargate movie press rewind about 4 or 5 minutes um you know we would have seen a scene with him and her like uh you know having their morning coffee together, like, where are you going, honey? Oh, I'm going out to Chicago to uh, give this lecture. Ugh, not that same old lecture about the alien landing pads. Yeah, that one. Will I see you again? Well, I don't know. I did, did get this sort of strange tip about <laughs> job in Colorado. Maybe I'll be back later, but don't wait up. You know, that's, I guess, what happened just before this whole Stargate franchise began. <laughs> they were shacked up, I, I think. Um... And Daniel's being all mysterious and stuff, and, you know, that's the Daniel I remember. 
And she's like, come on, I want to show you something. <laughs> Excalibur. Wow. 64 Fender Stratocast in classic white with triple single coil pickups and a whammy ball. Pre-CBS Fender corporate buyout. I'd raise the bridge, file down the nut, and take the buzz out the low E. God, I love this woman. So, because Daniel Jackson's taken a few minutes away from the SGC, apparently all business must stop. And <laughs> so SG-1 has to go on leave. At last! At last O'Neill could go on this fishing trip they've been building up since uh, Nemesis, Small Victories, uh, what else? Was it Upgrades? <laughs> like, this, uh... Fishing trip that he never quite get quite gets to go on because he's always being beamed away by Thor at the last second. And it's so freaking funny this whole little sequence where he's like, uh, you know, talking to Hammond about it and and Carter, and uh, so Tilk, <laughs> you must be free in Tilk's face. Oh dear God, this is this is good Stargate. But anyway, back to the to the A plot. Um, Daniel Jackson, and he's talking about the the Pharaoh's curse, all of these artifacts. Everyone who disturbs these things shall be cursed, including everyone who investigated them, the scientists and the sailors on the ship who brought it over. Um, and I was just thinking at this point, this is like a Tintin adventure, you know? It's like the cigars of the Pharaoh, the curse of the something. This is very, very Tintin. I just gave it 10 wildcard points right here for the O'Neill lines that are just popping up interspersed with the whole thing. I'm going away. I'm going out of contact. Incommunicado? No, in Minnesota. <laughs> oh my god. Come on. I just, yeah, the 10 wildcard points indicate my love of this episode. Wild and boundless love for this episode. Um... And yeah, manages to escape in the elevator without getting beamed away, of course. But anyway, meanwhile, over at a random museum, Daniel Jackson, back to the action, is doing some sweet, sweet archival work with a clipboard. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Uh, and then another weird B-plot they don't need, I guess. Sam's important lab work that she was doing rather than going fishing, is actually motorbike maintenance with Sergeant Siler, so there's five points for him. And um, I get a, I give it a one-point push and swell when Daniel phones Sam and says, this thing that we found in the museum has gold symbols on it. Uh-oh. And uh, then all of the, the classic tilk fishing stuff happens, which I could just watch on repeat forever, frankly. There appear to be no fish here, O'Neill. It's not about that, Tilk. It's about sitting here in total manly silence and never sharing our feelings. And of course, Tilk's like, uh, yeah, luckily he brought the cell phone. Daniel, if you really, really need help with these translations, I would be happy to assist you. Are you sure? It's beautiful. And Tilk, by the way, wearing the fishing hat and the fishing gear, is dressed as a human, trying to pass as a human in Minnesota. That counts for 10 points, yes. Definitely. And um, one point again for front gate stock footage, guys, to show that Daniel Jackson has brought the job back, and it isn't just organs as it would be according to the legend, it's a symbiote. 
and talk about Osiris, Isis. Oh, we don't say that one now. <laughs> talk about a show being 20 years old. And also Seth. All uh, hip, hip uh, Egypt references back in the day, I guess. It's, uh, it turns out it's a booby trap. Oh, by the way, it's also cursed. <laughs> um, and it turns out that that's completely accurate. Everyone... No, it's not completely accurate. Everyone except SG-1 who messes with it gets dead. Is that correct? Almost. Anyway, one of the jar things is missing, so uh, I'll track it down, and uh, Stephen is being very suspicious, and he says it was destroyed. He don't have it. What do you want it for? What are you doing here anyway? This is my office. You get out. <laughs> There's one point here for a red shirt, because... The very helpful lady at the museum is dead in an elevator. Freak accident. Must be the curse. The curse strikes again. If you believe in such things. <laughs> um, I gave it a push and swell point because Sam at the SGC is scanning the, the, the jar they have and they do find there's a symbiote inside. Dun, dun, dun. Sam and Janet open it. And it turns out it's dead, but it, <laughs> actually, it could have died yesterday. It's still very squishy and not very, uh, bonesy. <laughs> and, um, for some reason or other, the computer files are wiped on, um, someone's computer. And Sarah Gardner, Dr. Sarah Gardner is, uh, it's like, you know, computer hacking. And, you know, I brought this up with the whole episode before, Point of No Return, with Martin Lloyd. He likes the internet. That makes him stupid and a nerd. But Samantha Carter, Daniel Jackson, and Dr. Sarah Gardner uh, are all over the internet, computer hacking, and they're not a nerd. <laughs> they're... Oh, she's so sexy. Anyway, um, I give it one point because the doctor says the gold is almost like brand new, like there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I'm going to count that. <laughs> the doctor's saying there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Um, the other jar is still a risk, of course, so we've got to find it at all costs, and it's a big mystery. Who's got it? Who's got it? And classic TV story writing would have you believe the suspicious guy has got it, but if you're into the sort of hip next wave of TV screenwriting tropes, you would know it's actually a red herring. It's a misdirect, and the person we didn't suspect is the one who had it the whole time. I'm not entirely sure why, uh, at what point... Uh, Dr. Sarah gets, uh, you know, taken over by a gold. Um, all of the time that she and Daniel spend together, I'm pretty sure she's an actual, still a human, and it happens off-screen, right? Am I right about that? Because there's this scene, I'm just talking about it, where she's saying, oh my god, the computer files have been wiped. Well, so the implication is that Stephen did it out of jealousy over Daniel's career? Or is the implication that the gold is, has already escaped and possessed someone and is running loose and covering his tracks? In which case, she would have had to do it. Or something. It's a little bit muddy here on the, uh, <laughs> the details right in the middle, maybe. Um... Where did I get to? Another red shirt. The technician who did the carbon dating has been killed. Um, and Sarah, she just corners Daniel. She wants to know. You know, that beautiful scene where they have, like, the, the little face-off. Like, this is what it's come to. It's nice that you're back, but why won't you tell me? Tell me. I can't. Tell me. I can't. Tell me. I can't. Why can't you? I can't tell you that. 
you tell me now or we're done. And it's a very cute scene and very hard to watch because they get on so damn well. The chemistry between them is amazing. And at this point, I was thinking, hang on a second, why in the name of hell doesn't Daniel Jackson say, I can't tell you right now because you don't have the proper security clearance, but why don't I just talk to General Hammond and get you the proper security clearance? Daniel Jackson has so much work backed up that apparently he can bring in his old friend Dr. Robert Rothman to just, you know, bounce around the SGC doing projects even though he doesn't know how to talk to human beings, only only fossils. <laughs> um, why, does, why don't they bring in Dr. Sarah Gardner as another Egyptologist, ancient cultural anthropologist specialist? She would, She's very clearly got the, the skills for it, much more than Rothman. She can, like, you know, handle her shit, and Rothman was like a mess, just like Daniel Jackson was at the beginning, you know, with the sneezing and the allergies and the dweeb stuff. Dr. Gardner is awesome. I... Ugh. I just wish she was, like, uh, at this moment, brought in to be a main cast member. Then I'd be extremely happy. <sighs> but it doesn't work out that way. They they split up. They don't end on a good note, unfortunately. Um, so, we get uh, one point for the front gate stock footage guys walking around. But this time, <laughs> it's with audio. I don't know that it's ever had audio before. This front gate stock footage guys walking around. And so, of course, I leapt at the opportunity to answer my age-old question, what the hell do these people talk about all day walking backwards and forwards in front of the front gate? <laughs> and all I can make out was, um, hey, the colonel wants to see you. <laughs> and that could have been added in voiceover or something. I don't know. Anyway, we have to track down the gold and take it alive. Hence, we bring the uh, the stun guns, not the real guns. And uh, Doctor Fraser goes on the mission with them because Teal'c and O'Neill are off having a B plot somewhere. It's strange how that happened. You know, like they weren't needed in the action scenes or in the science scenes, so they just wrote them out of the episode. And I've, I'm glad they do that. Every now and then they'll get that spot on. Instead of, you know, sharing the lines around for everybody so everyone gets to say one line in every scene, they'll just go, oh, Teal'c's off visiting Chulak. O'Neill's off, you know, Daniel's got his appendix out. <laughs> I've got some work on some quantum computing laboratory Nakota project to do that I won't be able to <laughs> pop in for this one, guys. <laughs> it's good when they just legitimately go, okay, you're having a week off. You're not in this episode. Great. So it's Fraser and Sam and Daniel off in the dune buggy adventure into the Egypt desert. They find a tomb thing. And evil Stephen is there. Aha! Just as we suspected. Let's un see who... <laughs> Scooby-Doo, you know? Let's see who you really are, mister. Oh, it turns out we were totally wrong all the time. Even though he did actually open the vault of gold toys. It was just in that tomb. It's a... Uh... Nope. <laughs> He's not killed, so he's not quite a red shirt. I was almost going to give it, but he's, he doesn't get a point there. He's he's knocked down and badly beaten in an inch of his life. I guess he was brain scrambled. And I'm so sad, because I wanted him to be the evil one. And then, big reveal, turn around, bum bum bum. Turns out Dr. Sarah Gardner has been possessed by a gold the whole time, and she was not who we thought she was. So five points there. 
body snatching. And, um... I'm so sad. <laughs> oh my god, I'm your biggest fan! And now she's gone evil and we can never see that chemistry between them again. I'm almost certain that we blow her up or something in some grand master strategy, maybe in season 7 from memory? Just a very, very, very vague recollection. But um, I'm certain that we never actually get to, like, see Daniel and her make it up together again. But anyway, I gave it uh, one point here for a slightly obvious reference. Well, not that obvious for only one point, but uh, to um, Ace Ventura, <laughs> when nature calls. When the... the um, Every time you get hit with a, a dart that's going to knock you out with some kind of tranquilizer poison, it always has to be a red dart, right? I can feel it. I can feel it like it's right in my neck! Run! <laughs> Starting to get numb! <laughs> <laughs> Is too much. And once again, Daniel Jackson has found himself the, the the woman he once loved has been taken over by a ghoul, strapped a little brain scrambler onto her hand, and has now got him in the uh, life ending headlock thing. God damn it, Daniel! <laughs> Just like Share, except this time um, there's no Tilk to bust in the door and save him at the last second. Um, turns out he saves himself. <laughs> like he says, I think I'm getting used to that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turns out you're uh, always getting your brain scrambled, Daniel. <laughs> so freaking funny. As if you needed any further clue that uh, Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully wrote this. Is that ridiculous line. You know, all the teal stuff, but now that line too, for goodness sake. So he saves himself by jamming one of the things into... Uh, Osiris, as we now have to call her, not Dr. Sarah Gardner, I guess. Um, and for some reason, it works, you know, the little thing he stabs her with. It, it doesn't kill her, it doesn't knock her out like it was supposed to. It, she just changes her mind and doesn't execute them right then and there, for some unknown reason. I really was not clear about what the plot point was at, right there. It was really, really weird that she... Ow, you stabbed me with a one-inch needle. Well, I could keep doing what I was doing, just keep killing you. No, I changed my mind. I'm going to get into my spaceship. Uh, of course, there's some chit-chat. Well, you can't be a ghoul without, um, you know, evil chit-chat. Insolence. Impudence. And it turns out, just hanging out in Egypt, there's a giant buried spaceship just there. You know... Of course there is. But, uh, hey, if Martin said there was, you would call him a fucking lunatic, crazy wacko. But, uh, no, that's fine. This week, we're all totally fine with this spaceship having be been buried here for 10,000 ye 10, years. Whereas Martin's ship was only just landed. <laughs> oh my god, that Martin thing makes me angry. And oh my god, I'm so angry that Sarah got taken over by a gold just when things are getting hot. And, um, yeah, 
that's uh, that's the end of the episode, really. It's 45 points total, and um, this episode took place totally on Earth. Just as I was saying uh, a little while back, a couple of episodes ago, I was trying to remember every single one that took place on Earth. There's not that many, but this is one of them. And this was a very, very good one. Um, I could watch this one on repeat. <laughs> Just for those teal and O'Neill fishing scenes and the... Um, Oh, Dr. Sarah Gardner. I love you, dream lady. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on the Kree Who podcast. Join me next time for Serpent's Venom. That's got to be about Apophis, just by the title, right?